And that is why we're also beginning a grassroots campaign to change the spelling of the word woman to W-O-M-Y-N. We're not just men plus two little letters anymore. Hey, butthead. Isn't that sign spelled wrong? Cool. Stupid chicks really put out. <laughs> Welcome to the Highland Society for Women. Would you like to sign our mailing list? Hey, um, did you know your sign is spelled wrong? <laughs> Coming to you from beautiful upstate New York, this is the Slam Tilt Podcast, a show about all things pinball. I'm your host, Ron Hallett, here with my co-host, Bruce Nightingale. Yeah, I am at the bar. You're at the bar, again. Yes. You're always at the bar. Again. Again. I'm always at the bar now, since, uh, since you know, it's my gig now. It's your I'm gig. It's your gig. But we're not alone this week. We have a guest. No. We have a big guest. Big guest. He is... The champion of Pinburg of 2017, Colin McAlpine. Welcome, sir. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. And when he was in the... Uh... So... No, go ahead. No, you can go first. I'll let you go first this time. Well, I was saying, like, when he was in the Pin Masters final, it was three Pinburg winners and Josh Harp. Yes. I think I already said that line. You did. Yeah. Damn it. I'm sorry, Josh. Please forgive me. Three Pinburg winners and, and the Deuce. The, du- Ooh. <laughs> the Deuce. <laughs> oh. Is that his new nickname, the Deuce? <laughs> oh, Jeff Teolis is going to love oh, this. Oh, somebody comes in. What, the Deuce? What, the Deuce? <laughs> oh, man. So, Bruce, what were you doing last weekend? Uh, working at the bar on St. Patrick's Day. Uh, so you weren't having all the fun me and Colin were having? No, I opened up at 10. And I was here till two forty-five in the morning. Wow! Yeah. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Damn. And then the next day, I had a tournament at the bar, a match play three strikes tournament, and uh, I at least won that, so I feel powerful. My two point six four points. Yes! Congratulations! I'm so yeah. proud of you, Bruce. <laughs> yes. And the points came out for uh, the Stomp West. You picked up a nice, healthy amount, sir. Oh, I Mr. did. Ron. Oh. Eleven point. Six. Damn it. My ranking is going to get too high. Yes. I cannot be, have that yeah. happening. Yep. You're going to be way too high. I'm stuck in A like I was in uh, Texas. Are you feeling that tightening around your throat, Ron? The, the restriction? Yep. Exactly. In all honesty, I haven't played in B in a long time. Other than Papa. That, Papa's the only place I ever played in B. Uh, so your ranking is now 249, Mr. Hallett. All right. That's still okay. As long as I'm not, I'm not in the hundreds, I'm happy. What's your ranking, Colin? What are you at right now? What does is, what is the Pinburg Championship get you for your ranking points? It jumped me up quite a bit into uh, the top 25 momentarily, and then because I did well in uh, the Vegas tournaments, I jumped up to number 20. Wow. I was telling Colin at Texas, I got a problem with that. I got a problem with that. See, Colin, Colin was, is, he, he's like one of us. He's like the common man who won Pinburg. You know, the guy you didn't expect to win. But then he ended up he ended up doing good at the Masters. Now this is getting to be a trend. See, now you're becoming elite. You're no longer the common man. <laughs> so, so you failed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, got, fail, you got 51 fail. points. 
for pin masters. Wow. Well, me and Colin were at the Texas Pinball Festival, the greatest pinball show on the planet. Actually, that's that's not entirely fair to say. That would mean I'd have to be at every show to really make that claim. But I will say it's the best pinball show I have ever attended. Same here. And Colin was in charge of the tournament. I was. So why don't you explain to our listeners the tournament format, which is a format I love, which is limited entry. Woohoo! Yeah, it's uh, I think, and I, the, the overwhelming the amount of feedback I've gotten has been overwhelmingly positive about using limited entry. So for anybody not familiar, although I'd say there are a lot of people are, are familiar with the different tournament formats because there are people that actually do like tournaments and like talking about tournament pinball. Uh, so it's you know unlimited entry or the normal herb style is where you can play as many times as you want as long as you have enough money in your pocket and enough time to put in entries. And so with the Texas Pinball Festival format, we have a limited entry, which means we intentionally do that because that way you can have a larger number of players participate on the same number of pins uh, and uh, and not have to have, uh, you know, adding more pins, which requires more floor space, which requires more people to contribute pins and requires more scorekeepers. Everything is just a lot easier to be limited. But more importantly, for the players, we intentionally designed it because we want the players to actually enjoy the show because it, like you said, it is in, you know, in my opinion, the best show uh, out there. And it would be a shame for people to show up and only be in the term area, you know, unlike the, you know, people who run the tournament, cause that's, you know, we have to do that. But for those of you who are just playing the tournament, we want you to play in the tournament, but we want you to go enjoy the show. And this year you had a classics division that was unlimited entry. We did. So we decided to balance that out. Uh, we had gotten enough feedback from other people who wanted, they said they would like to have, you know, an additional competitive pinball offering. And, you know, we also have a lot more demand than the 160 slots that are available for the main tournament, which is called the Wizards Tournament. So we added the classic side tournament. And you know what? People really like classics. Oh, my gosh. I saw the cues. They really liked classics. Yeah. Is it the reason why? Because it was limited on the other one and these guys can keep on playing it? I think that was part of it. I think it's, um, you know, so some people I I know at the beginning, especially during the, you know, parts of the day on Friday, there were some pins in the main tournament that had nobody on them for, you know, brief periods of time. Although I will admit that the, the, the pin that seemed the loneliest was stars because games went really fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stars was, was being stars. That's a good yeah. thing. Stars was being stars being stars. But no, so we had, so, you know, we had it the first time. And so we weren't sure exactly how many people would play in it. And, you know, the, the game, they're classic games. So some of them play fairly fast. Uh, you know, some of them play a little bit longer than others, but we didn't know exactly how many people would be interested in playing it. And I think a similar problem that's encountered by many other tournaments. I know, you know, Papa for one, cause that's the, you know, the, another you know big unlimited herb uh, entry, and they've had to make different changes over the years at Papa Classics to accommodate all the the glut of people that like playing classics and like competing in classics. So we only had we had six pins because that's all we could fit in the the space that uh, we were allotted from the uh, TPF organizers for the amount of space that we had, and uh, we decided to do best four out of six. And like Ron said, there were you know after except for like the first hour on Friday because we only we had one day of qualifying from 9 a.m. till midnight. And then the finals were held on Saturday morning the next day. 
And outside of the very first hour when classics first started up, the, the queues quickly became 10 to 15 people deep on every single one of them for the entire 15 hours. Oh, my. Oh, my. And this uh, tournament was also streamed. Had a bunch it of cameras. Was. Like, like how many was the classic streamed, or was it just the Wizards tournament? It was just the Wizards, but the Wizards, like as you as you know, and we can I can continue to explain, does involve a fair amount of of classics uh, pins. So that it was not just moderns being streamed. Yeah, and this is the what is this? This this the third year of this this format. It is, yeah. It's the third year of this format where. The idea is, so besides being limited entry, which, like I said, one of the main purposes is to, to get people to go enjoy the rest of the show, it's also to make a level playing field. So that way, everybody has the same number. Everybody pays the same amount. The other aspect of it that makes it nice is that, uh, you know, limited entry, I think, is a better uh, simulation of your skill when it comes down to the, you know, finals time, because, Typically in finals, you have, you typically play more conservatively, trying to put up at least a decent score as opposed to trying to take you know huge risks to blow it up because you know you can just get back in line and try again. So having limited entry makes it more like a, a finals. And uh, we also constrain people in that we have three different eras. We have modern, we have solid state, and we have EMs. And we require that two out of your eight best games that count have to come from each era. So you have to have at least two from the moderns, at least two from the solid states, and at least two from the EMs. So the idea there is that, you know, we wanted the person who qualifies high and who wins the Texas Pinball Festival to demonstrate skill across all eras and not just be the most amazing modern player or not just be the most amazing EM player. Yes, and I'll say from the the previous formats, when you talk about the ideas to be able to enjoy the show, even if you're in the tournament. One of the reasons I didn't play in the tournament before the last three years was I felt there was no way I was going to be able to see anything in the show. Cause I remember specifically seeing someone I knew who was like in the finals. I left, came back the next morning and they were still there playing. <laughs> that was insane. Like, wow, I am glad I did not play in the tournament because that would have seriously sucked. That was that was me one year. Oh, so you got to experience that too, yeah. I I can't say if I've ever played that late. I've played I've played late in a tournament where we finished like at one or two in the morning and I drove three and a half hours home, which was stupid. But that was that was younger and dumber on. Yeah, that is stupid. So yeah. Bruce, so you Ron, you can take you place wagers on how late how early in the morning you think that uh I was playing one year in the TPF finals before we change the format. 3.45. No, 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 no. See, he's good. And, and when I came back, the show restarted uh, 10 a.m. Well, no, that, that, yeah, the show had already started back up again. But the, the, I actually did get to go to my hotel room for a brief period of time. So oh, okay. we, Trent and I finished playing. We was the, it was the head-to-head you know, finals, double elimination, and because they had like four different tournaments running at the same time. And so the fourth one, or the third one, actually, we finally wrapped up at seven o'clock in the morning. Ouch. And had to be back for the main finals, which was the aggregate of all your performance across all four of these tournaments. We had to be back the next morning at nine o'clock in the morning. So yes, I essentially the head hit the pillow and then immediately had to get back up. So that was your training for the 24 hour tournament. 
And that also helped me understand that I never, ever, ever want to play in the 24-hour tournament. <laughs> I loved it, I'm, but I'm sick like that, I guess. I finished seventh in the night. I still don't know how that happened. It's something about the Sanctum. Any, Whenever they have a tournament and they bring their games out, I do good. I think it's because they don't have many newer games. It's because of Viper. Oh, God, Viper. Hey, I don't hate it anymore. <laughs> I don't hate it anymore. And, I, and there's an, a game that I played at Texas that I actually like now. And Bruce will probably get on my case for it. But Old Chicago. You going to get on my case for that, Bruce? No, I, I don't mind Old Chicago. Yeah, yeah. It well, you bad. always said you liked it, and I said I hated it. So I figured if I did a 180, you'd get on my case. No, no, no. You, you've seen the good. Then You've seen the light. Come to the light, son. Come I've seen the, the light in a gorgeous Old Chicago with like a clear coat of NOS playfield. And man, yeah, that thing played it good. It was Knicks, right? Yeah, yes. Which uh, I'll give a shout out to him right now, Nick Shell. I uh, thanked him at the show. He's the reason I have my cheetah. He looks a lot like Getty Lee from Rush, <laughs> yeah. doesn't he? I, yes. He look. That's what it's like. It's Getty Lee from Rush. Cool. So yeah, there's like a section of the Texas show that usually has like his games or his what? What is it called? He has like an organization. Like they all they they restore they build stuff it's a section where i like to go to it's got like ems older games it'll have like a custom like a custom video game it's got a lot of interesting stuff in there mm. but let's 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 finish talking about the tournament i'm gonna go over my pain first so we'll we'll go over the bad stuff first and then we'll get to colin because he went further than i did because he actually made the finals on like me you know i'm starting to think my strategy is poor in that I'm relying too much on EMs and solid states to try to get in. I mean, I didn't even play Walking Dead. And I really should be playing more of the, the modern games that at least give me a little more of a chance. I played way too much 300. And 300 played Ooh. me, pretty much. Mm. And uh, I have a distinction I noticed when I was looking at the... Uh... Oh, and by the way, Never Drain Software, Carl D'Angelo. Kicking ass once again. That's what the tournament was run on. And Carl was there. He was. With Johnny Monica. And I'm like, they're both from California. There was a show called Arcade Expo that was also going on the same weekend. It's like, why are you guys here? They know where to go. Yeah, that's that's how good Texas is, that they basically said, we're going to Texas. Yeah, I was happy to have him there. Carl did very well. I have the lowest, the lowest total nuclear annihilation score that was recorded. Ooh, very proud 27,000? No, 16,300. Wow. Yes. You suck. Oh. oh, yeah, that was terrible. I played it once, Fail. and it, it didn't go well. And the top two scores are who you would think it would be. Be Bowen number one and Carl D'Angelo number two. Yeah. The two masters of TNA. But guess who was three or third? Colin was third. Nice. But, like, Carl had 4.1 million. Colin had 1.8. Bowen at five point nine, yeah. <laughs> which is which is yeah ridiculous. So we know we know a game he'll pick in every tournament if it's ever there. Yeah, for sure. I did not qualify once again. Same deal. I, I really needed to up a couple games. I had entries at the end, but could not do it. Kind of put my eggs in the uh, three hundred basket, and that that did not that did not turn out well for me. Bum, bum, bum. Sorry. I, I t- thank you. I toured the mansion on the Adams family. I had a good game of Metallica. Stargate sucked. I never played Walking Dead. TNA sucked. 
Stars, after playing it way too many times, finally had a decent game. That ate up a bunch of chunk of entries. That was probably a strategic mistake. Solar Ride, I think I played once. I have a thing here that says Space. Which game was that? Uh, that'd be Space Mission. Space Mission, I never played either. I never liked that game. See, Solar City, which is that, that same playfield layout. They used 30 zillion times. I didn't play that either. Yeah, Target Alpha, yep. Canada Dry. Yeah. Yep. Bow and Arrow, which I like. I played that. I only played that once, and I got like 100K, so that, that worked out. And 300, nice. I played way too much. Yeah, I should have just learned my lesson on that game, but I, I did not. So I failed again. I didn't play in Classics at all, so I was I was out pretty early. But the good thing is I got to enjoy the show. I will advise, if you, if you play in this tournament, a great strategy. If you get there early enough Friday, man, you can get all your entries in. Or if you want, you can do a bunch of them and leave like, I don't know, five or so at the end and then do them later when you see how you stand. You can do that. Our own Greg Pavarelli, our Tim Tim Sexton replacement, he made the finals. <laughs> he made the playoffs. He did. Yep. He performed much better than the Ronster. So how did you do, Colin? I did very well. I uh, I ended up being tied for fifth, so I got knocked out in the in the semifinals round. And uh, I actually had a chance in the, the game three to go through on a tie break, even though I hadn't really been playing all that well. Uh, so that was kind of a, a, you know, just how things shook out in terms of the, the scores. Uh, Robert Byers, who ended up winning it, was in my semifinals group, and he had got taken two fours in the first two games. So he was already guaranteed to go through. And there was the way it was setting up was almost a three-way tie. But uh, Brad Holiday, who was also in the group, ended up passing Robert's score, so he didn't take a zero and got a one, and so I was knocked out. And um, I'd, I'd played I'd played decently on Space Mission during that semifinals round, but Robert just blew it up. He put up four hundred and twenty thousand on Space Mission, so rolling the reels four times, no extra balls. It's ridiculous. He's good. Yeah, he he was he managed to you know the, the the spinner was lit and he ripped it and it stayed lit for him unlike most people on planet Earth and uh, was able to keep uh, keep ripping it and so yeah he he was uh, he was on fire he was playing well and I mean he obviously continued to ride that uh, on fire train on a game of Paragon I don't know if you had a chance to watch that in the finals the final four yeah I I saw why I think he's a, a big fan of our podcast. Because he gave the uh, Degeneration X suck it symbol <laughs> after <laughs> It's like, okay, I can see why he's uh, he's a fan of the Slam Tilt podcast. He fits right in there. We got to get him on pronto. Of course, Jeff Teolis beat us. He did, man. He, Jeff, Jeff Teolis doesn't waste any time. No, he doesn't. He was on Pinball Profile already. Check it out, Robert Byers. But I think you guys, I think you guys need to claim, like, you know, you get get rid of this whole like Pinball Profile karma thing. This was definitely a slam fill karma thing because mm-hmm. you know Robert Robert's been plugged in and like you know time lapsing slam tilt for much longer than he has pinball profile. I agree. <laughs> totally agree. I agree completely. I mean, Tim Sexton's on here. Boom, he's hired by Stern. You know, Randy know. Davidson, he's on here. Boom, world champ. Boom, wins again. Boom, wins again. Just keeps winning. It's the slam tilt effect. That's like herpes, right? Oh God. Oh. <laughs> So what's the next major you're in, Colin, that you're going to win now because you've been on our show? 
Oh, uh, yeah. If I get to win another one, the next one, uh, well, the next one is going to be Pinburg. So that way I can I can claim for another year to be the, the winner of the largest tournament on the planet. Repeat. There you go. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, but the rest of the the rest of the tournament was uh, was was very. I it was kind of weird for me. I I my strategy going into this was to try to you know I would play a game and then if I didn't play particularly well on it, I would try I would get back in the queue immediately while it was still you know fresh in terms of the timing and try to play it again. And so that's what I did for a few of the games. I had to do that for three or four of them, and then uh, I was fortunate enough on another three or four to just have really good games straight out of the gate. You know, and so I was, yeah, you said you should have played The Walking Dead, and yeah, I think so. I mean, The Walking Dead can treat you poorly, too, uh, but, and it did, the first two balls, but it's a one-ball game. And it's like, if you can do the thing, as, the thing, uh, you know, as, as, as fun with bones, say hey, Steve, I uh, like to say, you know, I did that on Walking Dead. I got the riot stack on, on ball three and blew it up for over $200 million, even though I only had, I think, four or five million going into ball three. All right. What's the riot stack? The riot stack. So you know, the mo- there's a mode called riot. Mm-hmm. Which shot is that? Oh god, that's the that's the little inner the inner, inner loop thing that feeds the pop bumpers. It's between the prison and the left ramp. Okay, it's probably clearly marked riot. I'm assuming it is when it's lit. Okay. Yes, yes, when it's lit. Although you may miss it otherwise. It's also the same shot you shoot to start two x scoring. Yeah, that's about it. You can also do a tricky like bank shot off the well walker from the left flipper, but I typically don't try to do that. So anyway, the, the thing to do on that game to blow it up is you want to have Riot running while you have Bloodbath going and then also stack in another multi-ball. What, you can take your pick, whether prison or well walker, and that way it gives you a whole bunch of ball save and a whole bunch of balls on the table because Riot uh, is the value of the Riot shot is switch hit based. So the more switches you get, which you get a lot of those because you keep getting auto-plunged every time you drain a ball during ball saves, it keeps auto-plunging into the pops. And so you get tons of switch hits. And then if if you can dial in and get some riot shots during that multi-ball, you can have massive riot scores. So what you're saying is when I won the Project Pinball sweepstakes, I really should have picked Walking Dead and not Ghostbusters. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing. Okay. Okay. Yes. Oh, I'm never going to. You're never going to live that no, down, are you? No, not. Uh, well. Who's the one that told you? Uh, what? what uh, Your whatever. brother told you, didn't he? I'm sorry. You were right. <gasps> oh, yeah. He oh, said my it. God. Yep. I'm we're, coming, Lord. Clip that. Let's see. <laughs> so the uh, the top four, Robert Byers. Yes. Hi, Trent Robert. Augustine, Carl D'Angelo, and Brad Holiday. And let's not forget the B finals because – B players are players too, damn it. I'm B a B player. player. I'm definitely players a B player. Too. Okay, uh, okay. I'm going to Chad Lauer. Am I saying that right? That's correct. Okay, Donnie White, Colin Faust, and Jeff Rivera. Wait a minute, Jeff Rivera from the uh, Pitball Podcast? It is. Oh. So he's the, he would be the top podcast finisher, I would assume. Because I sure as hell didn't finish it. Um, well, actually, Greg would be... Uh, well, he's been on yeah, our podcast. Greg, Greg is now... A... Well, that, does that really count? It always counts with Greg. I guess it counts. He's the Timmy replacement, so he <laughs> counts. He was the highest, damn it. And we had the novice finals, because everyone needs to start somewhere. So I want to give a shout-out to everyone here. So, let's see. Sh- uh, Shauna Teal, first place. Matt 
Cyblum. Hope I'm saying these right. Nick Nick Gall and Jeb Locke. His last name is Locke. So he can literally say Locke is lit. That should be like his catchphrase. Then we got women's finals. And oh man, they had a playoff. I love playoffs. 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 <laughs> Carrie Wing, that sounds that sounds familiar. She was in the women's nationals, wasn't she? I know I've heard that name. She was. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, the women's world champion. And she won um uh, she won Cactus Jacks a couple years ago. Kelly Mon Moncla, looks like. Uh Tracy right. Tracy Abrams and Elizabeth Drone. Yep. Okay. So those are your your winners. Uh I was <laughs> well, they always whenever they have the parent child competition, I always ask my father like we should get in that. <laughs> Why not? It's parent child, right? Is there an age you limit? You have the maturity of a twelve year old, Ron. Exactly. Thank you. I must be seven then. God. Yeah, you yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right now I'm doing fart noises with my freaking underarm. Oh <laughs> I'm sure you are. So <laughs> Oh man. So that was the tournament. So congratulations, Colin, and a successful uh tournament being one of the uh tournament directors. I'm sure it must be Thank you. very wearing. I know when we did it is. When we did stop, which was what forty-three people, whatever it was, mm-hmm. and that that was very stressful, especially when the machines kept breaking down. Oh yes, you know you you think your machines are all this bulletproof because you're the only one to play in them, and then then they start getting pounded on and they start going down. Luckily, you had a pretty good tech there. Yeah, I was pretty good. Yeah. I... Uh, oh. oh. Oh yes. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Bruce. Scott was there too. I'm sorry. Yes, he was. The key to running a good tournament is surrounding yourself with good people and people that are better at you at doing those things. And so that's what I did. Oh yeah, I I surround myself with people smarter than me and, and Bruce. Dead air. <laughs> I love it. I love it. He, it he's he he's on mute. On no. No, not. <laughs> <laughs> he's severely hurt. He's just pissed, man. He's hearing all these Texas stories. And it's like, yep. Yep. And you're going to hear more, Bruce, because it was an awesome show. Awesome sauce. I have notes up the wazoo here. But before I get to wazoo, yeah. <laughs> before I get to rest of the rest of that, I just want to say a little, little housekeeping. Podcast Garden sucks, as we know. And for me to just keep saying that and not doing anything about it, you know, that I'm the problem at that point. So I've been in discussions with a certain other podcast about what they're doing. And uh, we're going to be making some changes soon. We're going to be moving off of Podcast Garden. I didn't get the union memo. What's the, I didn't get any of these memos. What the fuck? You know what's going on, Bruce. You know who it is. <laughs> you know who it is, mate. You know who I might have talked to while I was at Texas. Right? Right. So we're going to be... Ryan C. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan C and Dr. John. I was hanging out with them like the whole show. So you were drunk like that, right? Aussies rule. Yeah, well, Ryan C wasn't really drinking. Now, Dr. John, he was he was drinking. Yeah. John, I love Dr. John. Dr. John's awesome. You know, the Aussies, they, I got a Rusak. So Ooh, now you I got place, mine too, right? I got, uh, no. <sighs> no, he was one short, oh. so we had to give yours away to someone else. Sorry. So that then only makes one of us who doesn't have a Rusak that's on this podcast today. Wow, I must uh, just fucking hang up right now. You Rusakless. 
So and and then he also he he's eating this jerky, and he's like, "Here, Ron, you know, try this. You got to try this. It's there's it's almost gone." I'm like, what is it? It's kangaroo jerky. I'm like, Ugh. really? Is like, okay? I'll try one little piece. So I had I had one little piece, and you know what? I ate the rest of it. Mmm, mm, I like kangaroo. Good day. Good day, mate. <laughs> Not kidding. It was pretty damn good. Well, I, I do want to bring up one thing before I, I know it's on the podcast garden thing. So you, you you will have to resubscribe to us sometime in the future, unfortunately, because Podcast Garden, as awesome as it is, doesn't let you put a redirect in the RSS feed. They don't let you modify the RSS feed as all at all, as far as I know. If someone knows a way to do it, please let me know. Please email slamtillpodcast at gmail.com if you know a way. Because what I'm gonna, we're gonna have a new RSS feed, so unfortunately you will have to resubscribe. But what I'm probably gonna do is run both concurrently for at least a month or six weeks, because I know a lot of people don't, they don't listen to them immediately. So I want to make sure people have a uh, advance notice. Mm-hmm. Now that that's out of the way, when I was at the show, they give you like a green uh, wristband to get in. Mm-hmm. So let me Correct. ask Colin. Colin, what color was your wristband? My wristband was red. Yes. Colin's was red because the VIPs, the exhibitors, the, the higher-ups, they got the red wristbands. Wait a second. Now, hold on. I have a question, Colin. Did you have press passes? No. <laughs> okay. Press okay. passes. Well, so, so <laughs> I'm hanging out with Ryan C., and guess what color wristband he has? Are a red. Yeah. Did he get a red? It's like, what the hell, man? You know, what, what's going on? So Dr. John, he had a green one. Then he leaves for a couple minutes, comes back, he's got a red one. <laughs> like, what happened? How'd you get that? So, well, I went up to the front desk and I talked, I assume Ed. Ed Vanderheen was the guy who runs the show. And basically said, uh, first he name dropped. He said, Christopher Franchi. Asked me to come up here and he said, you give me a red wristband. And he said, no. I'm like, uh, okay. I came all the way from Australia. He said, nope. I said, well, I have this koala bear keychain I can give you. Yeah, okay. So he took the keychain and gave him the red wristband. <laughs> so bribery worked too. You could have traded in your, your, nut, your rue nutsack. For My rue nutsack. No, I can't do that. I can't do that. But I'm figuring next year, man, if I play in a tournament, Colin, I want a red wristband. Come on, you can make it happen. You have the power. You're in with the organizers. I want a red wristband, damn it. I didn't want to leave at midnight. And I had to leave at midnight. What was that, Bruce? You're breaking up. Bringing up a bubbly bubbly. Bubbly bubbly bow. Bubbly bubbly bow. Bubbly bubbly bow. Bruce, you might want to check your internet again because you're cracking up big time. So while you're checking your internet, I'm going to go look through my little notes here. And uh, actually, we do need Bruce for this. So, hey, Bruce, how's your internet? I I think he's got like 70 people in his bar that are on the uh, wireless again. All right. So I'm going to make, let me make one final comment then about the the tournaments. So the one other thing about the the error restriction is we also run a modified finals and that you can build your own bank. A, like a like an Apapa style, but you must pick, you know, each of the three pins have to come from different eras. So besides just qualifying on different pins, you have to also 
advance in finals on different arrows too. So it's kind of like Tinberg, except you don't have a locked, you know, set banks. You get to build your own bank. Gotcha. Yeah, that's another thing I like. I, I'm never crazy about some of like the the tournament format that Expo always had, which is all new turns. Not that I have anything against new turns, but no, no, I don't. I don't at all. No. Bruce dropped off. <laughs> Bruce has failed. Fail. So we're going to see if he uh, rejoins, hopefully, because I don't want to... If I have to start chopping up these uh, files, I'm going to get pissed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, or if I start losing people out of the recording. I'm back. He's back. So, Bruce, yeah, so you need to make plans now. You need to get the... It's not a kitchen pass anymore for you, but now it's a bar pass. So you need to get the bar pass reserved now for next year's TPS. Did I lose Bruce again? Oh, Bruce, did he drop again? I don't hear him. I don't hear him. Hey, hello. Hello, Bruce. You know how you piss off your customers in your bar? You restart the router on everyone. Good. Good job. <laughs> wow, you do sound better now. Tell them not to get on. Uh, I took, kicked everyone off. And I thought the way you did that was mixed week drinks. No. Nope. That, you got to love a podcast where the... One of the hosts basically kicks everyone off the bar. <laughs> just, I'm doing a podcast, asshole. I walked upstairs. They're all looking at me. I'm like, hey, guys. I went over to the router, hit the turn off the router. Girl's like, I'm downloading something. I'm like, you were downloading something. <laughs> I walked back downstairs. There you go. That's why. Unfortunately, if it comes back up, they'll probably just connect and download again and kill it again. No, 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 because I took the power cord with me. Oh, Oh, you took the, so what are you? How are you connected then? I have two. Don't remember. Remember, I have two routers there. Okay. Are you okay? All right. Hold on. I gotta check this again to make sure we're all on. Everyone, say hello, hello, hello. Three Suja style. Hello. 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 Hey, Mo. Yep, we're on. All right. After being eliminated from the tournament, I got to experience the rest of the show, which I wrote a bunch of notes here about things I little little tidbits I heard or little things I seen throughout the show, which were interesting. Hello. Oh, are you you back again? I am. I had to move. I had to go out of the office. You had so to give move. Give me two seconds. I had to lock up the office. Hold on. Jesus. <laughs> I might leave all this in. This is this is comic gold. Okay, I'm back. Yeah, we just talked about uh, the next five Stern games. Good, excellent. Quite <laughs> <Play> the pipeline. <laughs> All right, where where was I? Okay. I can't wait to listen to this episode. I'm going to miss so much. I miss so much of it. I can, like, you know, try to catch up. Yeah, when Ron's up to four in the morning editing this, he'll love it. <laughs> no problem. I'm in, the, I'm in the actual dining room of the place. Okay. I'm at, your, I'm at the big table. All right. So we, we learned about... The uh, Beatles, which was mm-hmm. already rumored that Stern had the license, but um, Barry Ausler pretty much said that during his seminar that uh, Deep Root, <laughs> Deep Root wanted to do the Beatles, but Stern already had the license. Did you talk to Barry Ausler at all? Uh, maybe. Oh, maybe. What would you have talked about with Barry about? I don't know. What may have I talked about? Bananas? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, ban- I, bananas. Yeah, I might have talked about bananas. And? Um, do you really want me to go into it? Do you, you want to feel good, Bruce? Do you want I to feel, want good? To feel good? 
you can take away my victory and give yourself a victory. Fuck yeah. Which See? which means oh. it, it, which means if Scott Charles is right and he actually said what he said on Topcast, he obviously has a bad memory because I asked him that because I'm ready to film him saying that and I'm going to play it on the podcast. And he's there, oh, to my knowledge, they all have banana flippers. Like, like, oh, fail. Ron has been deep-rooted by a banana. <laughs> oh! oh, I think there's a title there. Deep rooted by a banana. Okay. Yes. Eric, Eric Russell, number three. Change that change that spreadsheet. Change the spreadsheet. I, I'm a loss. And I, I learned from Barry that the deep root, it's it's deep root funding is the yeah, name of the company. That. That, that, the, the, that. That's cool. The guy that has all the money that's funding all this, who's in Texas, which I didn't realize. He's in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. So they just took the yep. funding off, and now it's Deep Root. And it looks like they're promising next year to have the uh, the five days of, of Deep Root or whatever else it's called. There's going to be a lot of sore women and men around there. Oh, <laughs> men, men and women. Okay. See, at least I'm equal opportunity. Yes, you are an equal opportunity offender. <laughs> oh, it's just not the same without you, Bruce. Yes. It isn't. See? Did, oh, God. Did you see, did you see Ryan C's T-shirt? No. Uh, which one he had? Oh, yeah, he had the deep root one. I'm trying to remember what it said. What what did it say? It had like it had like hand signals <laughs> for deep rooting. Deep rooting. <laughs> it's just such a bad name. It's just such a bad name. Oh, uh, uh, another cool story. I'm walking down the hallway, and here comes Steve Ritchie walking right at me, and then he's looking at me because he probably recognizes me from the you know 30 shows that we've been to. And he, like, fist bumps me. He just puts his fist out, like, hey, man. And I just fist bump him back. Boom, there you go. That's fucking funny. That's cool. Play better. Yeah. Play better. You, you're friends with Tim Balls. <laughs> oh, yeah, Tim Balls. Tim Balls. Well, I, well, we'll get into that. I'm doing my miscellaneous notes here. Okay. Great news for Spooky. I heard from a reliable source, i.e. the owner, that there is an operator who is operating a TNA who in six weeks he has made over $3,000. I wish I could do that. Hey, get, send it to me. I'll see if, I'll see if those numbers are right. <laughs> just send the game. Don't buy it. Just, 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 no, just no, I'll send... buy it. I'll buy it. Oh, you know, you'll buy it. it okay. Me, you know, if I, I want to jump the line, and I'll see if that's true with the $3,000 thing in six weeks. There you go. Yeah, I was trying. I was trying to jump the line too. I was asking. I was asking Charlie if anybody, any show deals had fallen through that I could swoop in and write him a check and take take it off his hands. But uh, no dice. Oh, you really yeah. wanted to jump the line? Okay. What you could tell him is like, um, I'm doing a, a a Texas pinball show, and I'd really like to bring a TNA there. So I was wondering if I could. <laughs> too bad there was already five there. But <laughs> oh yeah, there was a ton of there was a ton of TNAs there. I mean. And the thing you learn about total nuclear annihilation, TNA, is that when the sound is on, it overpowers anything in its vicinity. Yikes. That's all you hear. I think the whole reason I played 300 is because it was next to TNA. Mm. As, as crazy as that sounds. TNAs are like bug zappers. They just they attract the bugs, and it's, it's like you can't help yourself. It's, it's that good of a sound package. It's that good of a game. We're bugs, Bruce. We're all no, bugs. We're big bugs. Big bu- we're big bugs. Yes. Bug, bug, bug. Bug, bug, bug. <laughs> that better. <laughs> Let's see. I'm going to get to this. Yeah, Rusak. I did that. Kangaroo jerky. The wristbands. Yep. Deep root funding. 
Uh, incompletely unrelated news. Pinball Expo. The name belongs to Rob Burke, so he has the name. Yes. Yes, so hope that so. God he changes the name of Pinball Palooza because that's terrible. Yes. That name that is, is horrible. Name. I have yet to find a person who thinks that's a good name. So, I agree. Yeah. So he has it. So Mike Pasek's show will be called, I don't know, he should do the Prince Route, the show formerly known as Pinball Expo. There you go. So was he was he renaming it then just to like be nice about it or something, or just because he thought there was? I think he was just trying to change some... the whole image. I wonder if Mike could call it pinball uh, pinball exposition, because uh, <laughs> either a little known or a well known fact, I don't know which, but back in the day when Pacific Pinball used to have their Pacific Pinball Expo, which was a killer show, I always enjoyed going there. Bruce was there one year. They the actual name of the show was Pacific Pinball Exposition because Expo wouldn't let them use the name Expo. Mm-hmm. Little little trivia for you there. So now maybe they, now maybe they can block Pinball Exposition now because they yeah that have, would be that would be funny if they want to be called Pinball Exposition finished. and Pacific Pinball says no 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 that would be kind of funny. That would be a perfect irony. That would be perfect a perfect irony. Yeah. Is that a Bruceism? That uh, actually sounds right. That is right. Yeah, that actually sounds legit. Damn it. Because <laughs> I love the Bruceisms. They make great titles for the episodes. They do. Did I mention this is Godzilla versus Monster Zero? I don't think what I did. What the hell is oh, Monster yeah, well, you Zero? You didn't do that yet. Yeah. Episode 83, Godzilla versus Monster Zero. What the fuck is Monster Zero? He's a monster. Like an airplane? Like a, like a Japanese Zero airplane? Uh, he's just a mo- Well, it has another name... That, that's that's I think that's the American name for the uh, the movie. So please give us the Japanese name, please. Uh, no, it, well it's in Eng- it's in English, but it's like something of the something or something like that. And uh, before I go anything else, I just want to make sure we're here again. I'm here. Yeah, because I, I I'm I, still here. I didn't check the thing after your last drop. Um, what is that? Drop number three or drop number four? Five days of dropping. Five days of deep root droppings. <laughs> okay, we're here. All right. <laughs> so the two seminars I went to, I went to the Spooky Seminar. Well, before the Spooky Seminar, they did a um, TNA a, attempt at nine reactor seminar with uh, Bo and Karens attempting to destroy all nine reactors, which he did. Spoiler alert. Spoiler yep. alert. But he did it in five balls. <laughs> it was almost like you know you know those old serials where like it, it like the hero would get knocked out he's like in a car and the car goes off a cliff and blows up but then like the next episode all of a sudden they show him like revive and get out of the car before it goes down and blows up and you're like mm-hmm. oh you didn't show that before that's kind of what happened because it was like he had the two extra balls, so it was on his fifth ball he drains, and everyone's just like, oh, and it's like, uh, we're on five ball, just to let you know. Like, <laughs> oh, so he got it. So nice. he got it in seven balls, I guess you would say, but still, way better than I'll ever do, and it was uh, it was very entertaining. It was a very um, very good seminar, and that, that led into the Alice Cooper reveal, which before they did any of that, Charlie came out in uh, Alice Cooper makeup with the top hat and the, um, the the black eye makeup. Nice. Pretty much the first announcement he made was that Bowen Karens is working for Spooky. Mm-hmm. Where he's going to be doing rules. Now, is he working? 
is it like a consultant basis type of thing? Or I think it's a consultant, consultant basis just because there's no way he's doing that full time because he's got the math gag. I mean, if, yeah. if I remember what he does specifically is his company works for, they come up with math curriculums and then he travels Correct. around and teaches the curriculum to teachers. Oh, okay. That's his main gig. Then he also has, he works for the game show stuff as a math guy for game yeah. shows. So he does that. So this is on top of all that. And I don't think he's, I, I think it'd be crazy to give up those other gigs for, for just this. So, and the other thing that he, Charlie of Spooky said he would be, he would probably be working on Alice Cooper. The thing is, when I spoke to some of the other Spooky people, it sounded like they have the rules for Alice Cooper pretty much all down exactly how they're going to do it. So I don't know what he's going to do on that game, other than maybe make sure some of the point totals are not crazy out of whack or something. I don't know. Because I'll get more yeah. to Alice Cooper now. They they brought it out under the uh, the tarp or, you know, the, 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 the curtain, blanket, whatever, over it. So you can see part of the side art, but nothing else. And they, they brought it out. They introduced it. Boom, they took it off. Everyone runs up to the top of the stage. Or, well, that wasn't really a stage. They just run up to look at it. Everyone's taking pictures. And then they almost immediately took it and rolled it into the, um, the hall so people could play it. So we all got in line to play it. And I'll say it's got, it's got a ton of shots. Very tight shots. The ramp shots are yes. very tight. It's got the little mini play field. Charlie loves his mini play fields. So it's got a little mini play field on top. It's got the, the artwork is killer. So it's got a working guillotine. It's got a working like, uh, I think, Frankenstein thing, which I didn't get to see because nobody, uh, at least no one I saw was able to get him to pop up. Me and Ryan C., we were speaking to one of the spooky guys about the rules. And basically it is like you are in the castle and you use the shots to traverse the castle. There's like a little map. And the shots move you around the castle. And you go to different rooms. You can pick up different objects in the rooms. And then every so many rooms, there's a, like on the map, you'll see an M for one of the rooms. That means there's a monster in there. So you go at the monster when you get to that room. And from what they said, like it's the, the LCD animations were excellent. They're all like comic book style, like really nice artwork. And from what we were told, yeah, they're, they're very good. Yeah, well, from what we were told, they're they're pretty much done. The the actual like all the animations and stuff that was that's pretty much done. The code is still alpha, but they they have the framework of exactly what they want to do with the rules. So they're just working towards you know the completion. Um, tons of Alice callouts. I was able to confirm there is a we're not worthy in there somewhere. We're not worthy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was. It was a fun. It was fun to shoot. I got to play it twice. I got to play it once at uh, the the after party when there was very where virtually no lines. That was nice. And I had one of the guys from Spooky. I forget his name, so I apologize to whomever uh, helped me out and kind of coached me through or walked me through the different shots and uh, and what to do because because it was an alpha code, you couldn't really tell what to shoot for because you didn't have all the coordination with the you know lights in the play field to actually show you that hey, if you shoot the left ramp, that will lock a ball. But indeed, it locks a ball and has a physical lock where you can see the ball in the castle uh, when you lock it. And that was cool. Um, it was very difficult to get the little upper flipper in the mini play field to then lock the next ball off of this little ramp from the upper mini play field after you hit this uh, single drop target three times. Um, 
So that was, but that was cool. It was, it was a neat way of doing things. And it has, it had upper lanes, like two uh, lanes coming off the upper play field that would then either drop down to, I think they went to the subway and the other lane was a, uh, a wire form that fed back to your left in lane. So definitely unique, uh, unique aspects to it. And uh, I had fun shooting it. Question for both of you. Would you buy that? Me? I'd have to play it more. Okay, but if you say if you thought the rules are going to be good, as they should be, would you buy it? It would have to knock me out once it's done. I mean, okay. if I was a horror fan or an Alice Cooper fan, yes, you would buy this. Okay. Yeah. Colin? Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm, okay. Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a huge Alice Cooper fan, so I'm not a fanboy of, of that or of horror. I mean, there's, there's also, to me, there's other, like, if I were going to buy a spooky game right now, it would be a, a TNA. TNA, of course, um, yes. And it's just, for me, it's also because I'm just, I find myself continuing to evolve away from being... Uh, a fan of the of all the modern games to being a fan of more of the the classic early solid state types of game, and I think TNA is just that perfect marriage of that fun in your face, short shorter ball times, uh, more fun to play dollar games on style. And whereas whereas Spooky the 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 Alice Cooper is more along the lines of a of a new modern game, which is great and that's fine, mm. but that's not necessarily what I want to spend my money on right now. I have a tear in my eye. Me it's too. Another, I, I'm actually like, going to say, congr- wow. you know, thank you, Colin, because way back you were on, I think, the Flippin' Podcast, and you mentioned me saying, I like the way Bruce is doing all classic games, and he has a great classic collection, and I was like, yes, somebody notices I own classics, and <laughs> I take care of them, goddammit. We've converted another person. <laughs> yes, yes. The other thing I didn't mention about um, the game is the... I guess they had issues with the, the Ben Heck board system, getting certain things working, so they switched to P-Rock, which is what TNA runs on. So the price went up a little bit. It's like, what is it, 64 55 now or sixty four ninety five or something? It went up a couple hundred bucks from what it was originally. Yeah, I think it was a few hundred bucks from where it was before. Yeah, I think it was like $200 and went up. So actually, I, didn't re- I didn't realize that was what it was. But that's, but that's good news because, I mean, the P-Rock board system is solid. Yes, it's very solid. Yep, and they and, and they came right out and said that on the that's like one of the first things they said. So I actually prefer the P Rock board system over the other uh, the original. Yeah, they they plugged it as because it has all the um, full RGB lighting. You could do anything you want with it. You know, a little more robust in certain areas. So display better too, and everything else. So I I, I mean I really like the LCD animations. That's that's one of the things that stuck out with me. I like that the comic book style. It looked really good on the uh, the LCD. Yeah, the other thing that stuck out for me was the the amount of you know, plastic molding this stuff to create the you know the world or the the environment. The skull, really well done. The castle. Yep, it's all about it's all about atmosphere. That was their seminar. Then I went to the Stern seminar. So the Stern seminar was uh, George Gomez. The first they showed a. Um, one of their making of videos, they showed making of Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Then he showed something that I've never seen before, and most of us have never seen before. When, when you go on the Stern Factory tour, you see the floor where they're actually building everything. What you don't see is the office area where all the designers actually are and the programmers and all the uh, Whitewoods and everything are. And that's what he showed. 
He showed pictures of the actual area. So, in other words, he showed pictures of Timmy's workspace. Ah, uh, yes. Tim Balls. It's like the- is this like the inner sanctum? The inner sanctum of yes. Stern? Yes. The inner sanctum of Stern. It, there were some funny pictures in there. There's, there's a picture of Tim and Steve Ritchie, and they're looking at a WWE. And, and Steve looks pissed. I'd be too. <laughs> it, 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 they showed, it, and the other big news is during this, they showed Keith's team, Keith Elwin's team, in his game which is going to be called Titanium Man. Wow. That's what he called it. We, we better Ooh. know it as Iron Maiden, but they were calling it yeah. Titanium Man. So they, they, they pretty much acknowledged it. And then they showed like, you know, maybe a half an inch of the play field. And then they showed like, the, the, I guess one of their working Whitewoods is in like a Kiss cabinet. So they show the guy playing it, but you can't see the play field, just the cabinet. You know, a lot of teasers. And then he made it known that they're hiring a lot of new, younger guys. Because, as he said, well, instead of just saying what George Gomez said, I'm actually going to play what he said. This is from the uh, seminar. What you can't really hear is when Tim Sexton's name is, is mentioned, there was actual audible cheering in the crowd. Wow. Yeah. I, so hmm. hopefully Tim doesn't get a, bit, a big head. Big head, yeah, big head. But you'll hear Gomez actually acknowledge the, the reaction. So here, here we go. We've got this whole new cadre of young guys that I've been trying to bring into the business because, let's face it, all of us, even though you know us and love us, we're all getting a little bit long in the tooth. And so we need a new generation of guys that are just as talented as we were to come in behind us and work. And so... Uh, Harrison and Rick and Keith are part of that effort. Tim Sexton up there, he's been in the company a short while. Yeah. That little yawp, that was acknowledging the, uh, the, the audience reaction. So Timmy, Timmy's over. He's a bigwig. He's a bigwig. Hey, guess what, he's George? George, he's cool going to be taking a job. Sorry, George. George. <laughs> <laughs> gonna, he's taking George Gomez's job. I don't think oh, so. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, hell yeah. He's there in the, the office where they have, like, the Iron... Uh, I'm sorry, the Titanium Man team. And not coincidentally, he's sitting right next to Keith Elwin. I noticed that. Close to the one is a good thing. Yep. On his right side. Literally his right-hand man. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> so, congratulations, Tim Balls. That means he's nice. on the Titanium Man team. Nice. And the other thing, Titanium Man is going to be released in probably two weeks. Or at least something about it will be released in two weeks. That was... Um, that was I'm thinking uh, April Fool's Day. <laughs> that information is from Keith Elwin himself, but in his usual Keith Elwin way, where on Facebook he posted a picture of a woman that was in uh, Total Recall. If you remember Total Recall, when Arnold Schwarzenegger goes to Mars, he goes in disguise as a woman. And when they ask him, how long are you going to be here? She says, two weeks. So as soon as he posted that, everyone caught on. Sorry, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. So it's going to be in two weeks. And one of the questions someone asked George Gomez is, "Where? when is Titanium Man going to be released? And he said, he said probably April. So that jives with that. Did anything else happen in George's seminar? Yeah, you know... In the, sitting in my row was the gold standard. 
No. Nate was there? No, no, no. Canada was there. He was sitting right next to Ryan C. <laughs> Ryan C. C. I was right Ryan next to him. him. Yes, that's right. And um, there was a question asked, uh, actually not by Canada, about um, what was the question? Oh, they were asking if after he finishes Batman 66, is Lyman Sheets retiring? Oh, God. And, which uh, we said no a long time ago. Which, um... Gomez kind of went off on a certain gold standard. No. Yeah, yeah. And Ryan C. was sitting right next to him the whole time, and he's he's, he's got his head down in his hands at some point, and he's like, <laughs> oh, God, oh, God. Because he's like me. I, I, you get uncomfortable when conflict arises. And it was, it no, was it, I wish you would have loved it. I, I was uncomfortable. It's one of, yeah, because, you know, you're, you're Bruce. But Bruce. instead of trying to explain this, why don't we actually just play it? Okie dokie. Okie dokie. So, remember, the, the well, you'll hear the question, but the question is basically, is Lyman Sheets retiring? So here we go. So speaking about Batman, this isn't Lyman's last game before he retires, is it? Um, no, no, it's not. <laughs> but uh, no, that's funny. You know, it's I don't know where this stuff comes from, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, my buddy over there from New York. <laughs> yeah. Don't I, I'll tell you this. He needs he needs to be provocative. That's the business he's in. Um the business he's in also requires that you deliver a lot of bullshit in order to be provocative. And so uh you know, I mean, come on, that's the game. And we know the game, right? I mean, if you know the game then so so I, I, I guess uh, he won't be getting any more interviews with. Uh, that's right. Robots. Yeah. Well, I forgot that George was actually on his show at one point. So yes. Yeah. I. Yeah. So that that was. I just just seeing Ryan C's reaction was awesome. Ugh. I told you. I wish I was there. I would have been laughing my ass uh, off. Oh. So, <laughs> getting back to the Stern seminar, they talked about the Supreme game. Mm-hmm. And the fact that um, Stern doesn't know what the price is going to be. They're not setting the price Supreme is. So whatever Supreme is going to be charging for him. The Star Wars topper that everyone's waiting for, it's being delayed for the reason that you would think. It's programming. For, no, programming, <laughs> it's done. It's completely done. They're waiting for approval. Okay. From the yeah, Lucasfilm slash Disney. Then the announcement that made Bruce's day. Yes. They have hired Brian Eddy. Show you how pathetic I am. He puts a picture up on the screen. It shows Attack from Mars and Medieval Madness. And he's there. What do both these games have in common? And the first, literally, the first thought in my mind was they've hired Brian Eddy. I'm not kidding. That was literally the first thing I thought of. And sure, sure enough, yep, they hired Brian Eddy. His first game will be out obviously next year because it's going to take at least a year. But he is starting his stern as a senior designer. Nice. So you got your wish, Bruce. Brian Eddy is back in the saddle again. So what's he been doing all this time? Uh, they went over that, and I, I knew some of it. He went after um, Medieval Madness. He went to Midway, the Midway, which was the video game arm of Williams, and did video games. And then eventually he ended up different companies, basically doing video games. Uh, I think the last company he was with, they were making games for Facebook or something, yes. he said. Yeah, that's what he's been doing the whole time. And Ryan C. was upset because 
They didn't mention Shadow. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's three for three. He did Shadow, too. It's like, that's a, And he said they made more of those than they did the other two. Like, yeah, you're right. He's right. Good point. And Shadow's a great game. You know what? I didn't want to mention Shadow because then everyone will have the expectations of having all the toys of Shadow in a Stern game, and that won't happen. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> you won't get that little play field and the little no, no? little play field magnets and uh, the diverse. If they if, it, if they put purpose in there, I will eat a freaking straw hat. So there you go. I will eat a straw hat. What does that mean? I'll eat my I'll eat my hat. But it'll be straw. I don't want a regular. I think hat. we have our title. I'll eat my straw Barry, hat. That, that was definitely some bruises in there. Yeah, that was a bruises. I'm off tours. That, 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 was, that was a bruises. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, Titanium Man went over that. Timballs. Yep. Oh, after the seminar, we were speaking with is it Jarrett. Is that his name? The marketing guy for Stern? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jarrett, yep. Jarrett Gines from Confusion Moves in Dallas. Yeah. And he pretty much just said, like, Steve Ritchie's next game is a unlicensed game. You can do it. You can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And pretty much, yeah, the rumors are it's Black Knight 3000. And yeah. according to some people Ryan C. talked to, it's Black Knight 3000. Yeah, baby. Do we think if they do that, between the uh, three of us here, do we think it'll actually be a dual-level play field? Yes, has to be. Yeah, for sure. Wow, everyone is saying that, too. Everyone's like, it has to be. Like, really? You think well, it's, the first two were. Yeah, but Stern's never done that. Well, yes, they have. No, no, no. Modern Stern. Game of Thrones. Yes, they have. Oh, yeah, you're right. Game of Thrones. World, yeah, but uh, that's... WWE. WWE. Yeah, but they're way smaller than what you would expect. Like, Black Knight, it's like the but entire... But at least WWE had two ramps going to it. Look at it that way. WWE uh, had two ramps going to it. One on each side that fed it all. Fed it, it all? Oh, my. It fed, it fed the whole you know upper play field, mm. so it wasn't mm. like... You got the power. Hey. You got the vibe. Get ready for battle. Beat the Black Knight. Uh, uh, it better have the greatest multi-ball intro since Black Knight 2000 if it wants to. And light to show. And, and well, light they should show. be able to do that. But no, no freaking powerful LEDs that blind you and make you burn. Winter your is coming, Bruce. Winter is coming. Uh, fuck no. <laughs> wow, same reaction. Damn. See? That needs to needs to stop. Running out, we're, we'll get ready for face-off here. Um, what are oh, we facing off? We don't even have a year. No, we do, we do. We'll get in that. Me and Colin were talking about this behind your back. We have we have the format. Oh, so I see it's all been biased to you, I see. Oh, yes, he's already uh, <laughs> knows he's going to give me the championship here. But um, I may have made a TNA, a Total Nuclear Annihilation rule contribution, possibly. Ooh. How to lose really bad at 16,000 points. Shut up. Shut up! Fail, fail with an exclamation point. Well, there you it, it does. It does have to do with that. Uh, well, first Ryan C made a suggestion about like when you would get a double jackpot, triple jackpot, all that. It would just keep saying jackpot, and he said you should have it say you know like Lord of the Rings does, double, triple. But instead, um, Scott Denisi he put in there like two x jackpot, three x jackpot, four x jackpot, and Ryan C like hey, you took my idea. My contribution would be they were testing co-op mode. They had the games in co-op mode, which means you play a four-player game and your reactors, you're trying to destroy nine reactors. It's nine reactors. It's cumulative. So if I get like two reactors, the next player has two reactors down and they're working on the third. 
cool concept. The problem is, like in TNA, when you when the game ends, if you don't destroy nine reactors, it says game over, you fail. Well, it said the same thing in co-op mode. And I'm like, that's wrong. It should say like game over, you all failed. Or all of you failed. Yeah. And I talk, I mean, Scott's, we're over by the spooky booth. Scott Denise is right there. And he's like, nods his head like, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Might put that in there. So if anyone sees that in there in some future update, it was me. Just remember that. That's my contribution to Total Nuclear Annihilation. The TPF version would be y'all failed. Y'all failed. <laughs> y'all come back now. You hear? You failed. Y'all failed, man. <laughs> Oh man, we need the Hank Hill game. It'd be perfect, Texas. What the hell, man? What's this TNA? Damn it! Y'all <laughs> yeah. failed, boy. Yes. The game runs on propane. You know that? Propane, propane accessories. The milk, the milk in the fridge is about to go bad, <laughs> and there it goes. Oh, oh, oh! Okay, finishing up here. Space Invaders Challenge. I did not expect accept the Space Invaders Challenge. I'm sorry. Why not? I, I, I apologize to Jim. I was intimidated. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I did not I did not do that. What else? Had had a several people come up to me, like, love the show, man. Uh and they all asked, like, Are are you the one with the bar? It's like, <laughs> no, no, Bruce is the one with the bar. So your bar is famous, Bruce. Yeah, I heard there was a T shirt there. Somebody was wearing one of yeah, my t-shirts. someone had a Silver Ball Saloon t-shirt. I could have had it on, too, but I had my sweater on this the whole time, as usual, so no one would have seen what it. What else is no? Yeah. Fail. Hey, it was cold in there. Oh, poor baby. Yeah. So um, you had another the other exhibit they had. Marco had a huge booth with a crap ton of Stern games, a lot of them running new code. I know Batman 66 was running new code. Guardians of the Galaxy was running new code. Uh, they have anything else running new code? I mean, they they had Lucy's there, Lucy ACDC. They had um, Ghostbusters. They also just an impressive with because they had a huge, they had a really nice amount of space a lot to them. Yeah, they and did. So they did a really good job of they they clustered like four games together with their you know the backs of the game up against each other, and so it it just it felt really good. It didn't feel like your usual thing where you just have this lineup of, of, of pins and you're all kind of bumping up against each other and it, it feels too clustered and, uh, you know, and, and all in line cues together. So it really felt more kind of cool and social the way they had it laid out. Very well done. Yeah, I agree. Excellent. Despite it had uh, Jack Danger was there streaming. So I'm, I'm on one of the streams playing something. I don't even. Remember. I think. Yeah, buddy. I think, I think it was. I think it was Batman '66, playing with like Ryan C. I think Doctor John, Jack Danger. That was fun. Kingpin is still awesome, Bruce. I told you. Everyone now sees the goodness. Everyone what sees the, what we've been telling them for years that Kingpin is awesome. Steve Steve Bowden believes it. The hype is real. Good. The hype is oh, real. Oh, uh, by the way, before the show, guess who bought a limited edition translate? I don't know. Who did, Bruce? Me. Very good, Bruce. So what does that mean? You're getting a kingpin? I'm going to try. So supposedly, it, they, if they build them, I think they sit somewhere on 7500 Yeah. Was it going to be the price? Yeah. I'll just sell my soul. 
because <laughs> uh, Mr. Bowden was getting near the end of the game, and the, then the right ramp stopped registering, so he couldn't like defeat. Finish it. Yeah, finish the um, finish the, the boss. Yeah, all the bosses coming after him, and and it just kept saying hit right ramp, hit right ramp, hit right ramp. Like damn it! And there was a there's a bug with the game where he he got the he played the um, sun death the power where the flippers yeah, slowly die, and then me and Ryan C were the next players. And our flippers were dead. Like you, you, you hit it, and the flipper would go up like super slow because it was dead. Yeah. So we got screwed. Oops. Whoops. Yep. I'm in line now. I don't know my number yet, but I will be in line. And what happens in Texas stays in Texas. As there was a story uh, Ryan C told me about um, certain well-known designer and a certain well-known programmer who may have been somewhat intoxicated. Going around the hotel doing ACDC callouts. <laughs> so, use your imagination wow. there. Very cool. I will say no more. What happens in Texas? You will say no more. Yes. So, let's see. I think that's it. So, Texas is better than Vegas, then. That's what we're saying. Oh, there. hell yeah. Texas is way better than Vegas. The, the games are in better shape. I mentioned the old Chicago. I want to give a shout out to that. Oh, I want to mention we played Joust, which. If you've been to as many shows as me and Bruce have, you've probably played more Joust than most people have. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was the nicest Joust I've ever played. Nice. By far. Well, the play fields are being reproduced now. They're in the line. Ah. I mean, this thing was literally looked brand new. Guess how much the play fields are going to be from CPR for a Joust. Oh, God. There, is it just one or is it two? How does that even work? Two. There's two, two, right? Okay. I don't know. How much, Bruce? $1,400. Wow. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yes. I guess if you have a joust, though, it's worth it. If oh, definitely. Play field's like blown out, but man, that was so fun. We I played Ryan C in that. Played uh, Doctor John is the joust champion. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. he kicked both our asses. Doctor John is Mister Joust. Can I say something about CPR? They're trying to get Meteor ready. No. Oh. So that would be a good play field for everyone who's thinking about it to jump on that pre-list. See? You even call it. Ooh. Meteor, baby. It's like Homer Simpson. Ooh. Ooh. And also, there's one more good classic coming out. A little newer, but it's better. It's a good classic that you see most of the time are blown out. Sorcerer. We know you loved your Sorcerer, Bruce. I do, but I mean, like, most of them you see are blown out in the middle, you know. Raised inserts or just, you know, just cracked or beat up as all heck. Definitely, if you're thinking about it. I wonder what Colin thinks of Sorcerer. He got to play a lot of that in Vegas. so <laughs> <laughs> very well. But, uh, it's an okay game. It's fun. The, 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 art, the atmosphere of the artwork is good. The, the eyes in the back and all that. How the graphics on the plastics actually match up what's on the play field. I always thought that was pretty damn cool. Me too. The, the, you know, the artwork is excellent. But it does, get, it, 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 it does get a little, like, you know, same. Ramp, 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 ramp. You know what you do after you hit the ramp? That you hit the ramp. You hit it again. Yeah. Then you hit the ramp. And then you hit the ramp. Yeah. I was always, I learned something out in Vegas in that, you know, I always thought that after you got into multi-ball, then the goal was to spell sorcerer so you could light your spinners and then you rip spinners. But if you just keep hitting the ramp, it's worth a ridiculous amount of points. It is. Yeah, it increases the uh, play field multiplier. Well, yeah, so that your base value is 30,000, so you get to 5x, then you get 150,000 a ramp. That's a lot safer than trying to spell sorcerer. 
yeah. that it is. Who's your uh, who's your, who's your guy that your your friend of yours that does the the modified ROM? That's BB Scott. That would be Scott. So Scott needs to do a ROM where you have to do something else in the playfield to requalify your locks. Mm. I like that. Like like maybe like doing the, maybe doing a loop. Finish, like get up top. Yeah, and finish, get the, a, finish the top lanes. Like finish yes. the top lanes. You know, so four shots up top, and then you requalify your locks. Make it happen, Scott. Make it happen. Of course, we would have to test it. We need a sorcerer. So, Bruce, you'll have to get a sorcerer to test this ROM. I can do that. Okay. So, I'm on, I'm on this week in pinball. We pretty much covered most of the uh, news because most of it was the Texas Pinball Festival. Is it showing? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, hi, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Yep. Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle. Kingpin revealed. Yep. Uh, oh, they mentioned uh, the Stern Seminar. They mentioned Elvira 3 is, is the play field is Still well going. underway, but they don't have anyone on the software yet, I believe is what they said. Uh, then we have Titanium Man slash Iron Maiden. I'm trying to see if there's any other news other than Texas. Texas was the center of the pinball world. That is definitely for sure. How did it feel to you in terms of crowds crowd this year, Ron? Uh, it was pretty crowded. Yeah, I felt it was much more crowded than, than previous years. So it's definitely the number of people that are there and how much they're trying to cram into that exposition hall. Yeah, the first two years ago, it felt like there's a lot of room in there, and now it doesn't. Yeah, that's what happened. I mean, me and Bruce used to go to California Extreme, and we got to experience that. Overcrowding. Where, where it went from okay to completely, like, I can't physically get from one end of the hall to the other. Without bumping into 50 people. Yeah, that's when it got like, oh, my God, this is insane. Uh, one last note from TPF. Friday, I took a little break from gaming, relaxing in the hotel for a while. Then I came back for a night session. I go up in the uh, security or the check-in person. Is there, oh, hi, Ron. I look, and it's it's Andy Cushman. You know, Syracuse's own Andy Cushman, former guest. Yep. Yep. Mr. Yep. Mr. Butthead himself. I'm like, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> My God, it is a small world. It is it's a small little hobby we have. <laughs> it's yes, just it like, is. holy shit. Yeah, he was working the door. But now it's time. The news is done. Everything is done. We're time for face-off. And this is face-off Texas Pinball Festival edition. And this is what we're going to do, folks. Oh, we have decided... Uh, what? I don't know anything about this. You know more than I do. This oh, is very unfair. Very unfair. I think he's trying to win. No, uh, well, of course I'm trying to win. But what we decided to do, <laughs> it's, since we didn't pick a year or manufacturers or anything last week, we're going to use the lineup from the Texas Pinball Festival Wizards Tournament because it has a good mix of modern, solid state, and EMs. And since we usually pick three games, that's what we're going to do. We're going to have to pick one modern, one solid state, and one EM. And we have a very qualified judge here because I'm sure he's played all of these within the past week. Do we have a Probably. list of these games? Because I don't have this list. Uh, I will give you the list right now. One question for you: You have to. You want to use the the banks as they were in qualifying, or what? I had to sub one in during during finals. That's a good question. That's a good question because I was. Oh yeah, it was. I didn't ask you what happened to um, tag team. It did what premieres do from that era, and finally, you know, crapped the bed. <laughs> no, stop. Well, in honor of Bruce, since he hates Scott leaves, we'll use the replacement game, which was Paragon. So for. Those at home, in the EM category, oh, these aren't in the, okay. So in the EMs, we had 300, 
bow and arrow, Solar City, and a space mission? 300 bow and arrow, space, Solar City, space mission, yes. Modern is the Adams Family, Metallica, Stargate, and The Walking Dead. Solid State is Solar Ride, Stars, Paragon, and Total Nuclear Annihilation. So we each get two. No, we're, we're each picking from these categories. Well, yes, I guess I get one or and you get one. one. But okay. we're picking, yes. So we're picking from each different category. And since you lost last time, you get the first pick of well, which you, category? Since I lost, you get the first pick of the game. No, usually the loser picks the first game. No, usually because if I picked the first, because you were picking against me. Wow. Well, See, Bruce okay. forgets the rules to his own game. I will go, okay, well, I will go solid state. So you're going to start sauce. Okay. And I'm going right to the best game on there. Oh. Stars. Okay. <laughs> we're going for ultimate brutal game as it is. It is the only rule, one of the few rule sets that Scott has not changed is on this game, which is stars. You have two sets of drop targets with three drop targets on each. You have double bonus. You have triple bonus. You have two spinners, classic spinners, which never go wrong. You have five targets around there with each stars. When you get a star, you multiply, you add up, you know, it actually increases your left spinner, your right spinner more with the more stars you have. If you get all five stars, special lights, and it depends on how your game's set up, but if you hit the special once, you get 100,000 points. If you hit it more than once, if you have your game set up, you can keep on getting 100,000 or just get nothing. Ah, if you have it set up for none. You have double bonus and triple bonus after that. You can hit the triple bonus all six targets down again, and you get 100,000 every time. That is a rule you cannot change. Plus, the left spinner can go, if you get certain targets with certain orders, you can get it up to 400. You can get up to 600, or you can get up to 1,000 per spin on the left spinner also. Plus, if you get the two outer drop targets and leave the middle one, you get 7,000 more points for your bonus, or for your regular score, when you take that third target down in the middle, if that's the last one. Artwork, great. Mr. Kirk rocks. Best game, brutal game. It is Stern Stars. I yield the floor. Okay, I'm going to select the best game there, Solid State, and that would be Paragon. Yes, Paragon. When tag teams shit the bed, they knew what game to put in to replace it. Paragon. Great wide body. The best of the Bally wide bodies. Just incredible play field. It's got the pop bumper. The Beast Slayer right there just, just to scare the crap out of you. It's just sitting there ready to drain you. It's got inline drop targets. Who doesn't love inline drop targets? They even made it so the first one is worthless. So you have to get that one down to get to the ones that actually mean something. I mean, that's, that's, that's in, in just great, great rules right there. It's got the Golden Cliffs. You got the Waterfall on the right side. You get the three drop targets there. Goes down to waterfalls. Just great, great shots. It's got the two saucers up top. Great use of the wide, 
the wide body play field. I'm using every square inch to make it more and more awesome. And the artwork, just probably some of the best artwork that has ever been on a pinball machine. Incredible back glass. Great rule set with the great the Bally Super Bonus. Get it up to 20, 30, 40. Get a full 49K bonus 5X multiplied bonus meltdown on Paragon. One of the greatest things you will ever do in pinball. I give you Paragon. I yield the floor. Wow. You gotta do your, are you doing a rebuttal still? He's, he's in shock. He, he's, he's no, just... no. I'm doing a rebuttal right now. <laughs> doing it right now. Stars is a way better game because don't forget one of our own listeners said that space invaders is the best wide body and no one's ever gone against star saying that's the second place but one of our listeners took down stars i took down paragon sorry took down paragon in his rules saying and it actually was pretty impressive how he did his rules but stars you cannot be beat you cannot beat two ripping spinners. Spinners all day, every day. I yield the floor. I'm in shock. I'm so thoroughly confused about what you said in the one section. I totally lost my <laughs> train of thought. I have no idea what you just said. Um, let's see. Stars, wide open. There's just nothing on that play field. Just barren. Only one pop bumper? Really? Only one? Come on. Come on, that's just so lame. A good artwork, the artwork is fair at best. Backlass, just total piece of crap. Stern backlasses. Show me a good Stars backlass. They all just completely disintegrate. Cheap Stern parts, cheap cabinet. I yield the floor. Wow, so that's a that's a tough uh, tough one to choose between this between this particular battle. Because... I think you got screwed. <laughs> Man, the uh, so because Paragon has has long been one of my one of my favorite uh, solid states. It's actually one of the games that kind of got me, you know, hooked on on classics. You know, I had to play that on top of classics, and then you know, I didn't know how to play it, so I went out to the you know, one of the copies that they had out in the free play area or you know coin drop area, and played that thing for at least an hour maybe more um, learning how to tap pass and, but you know, stars also can tap pass and as a good reason to tap pass because you can, you have a, a, a maybe one side of the spinner, one side spinner is lit, but the other one isn't. Wow. The only, the only downside with, with Paragon is that with Paragon, I'm, I'm pretty much going to play Paragon the same way every time. Uh, I'm always going to be going for those inline drops and, uh, you know, redirecting, dead bouncing over to left, tap passing, going for the inline drops. Whereas with stars, I'm probably, I'm going to vary how I play based upon which particular drops I end up hitting, where I might actually choose to start ripping that uh, left spinner if I happen to nail the center drop only. And that's a really cool rule. Man, this is this is I I've not I'm also not as familiar with stars, but I am after this weekend, and I also got to say from a just a sheer brutality perspective that uh, I've I've got to go with the, the the center post and and stars and the different ways to play it. Excellent. So stars wins. You know what the irony of this is? What I own a stars and Bruce owns a Paragon. 
We, I own both. <laughs> I own both. Well, 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 don't say that, Bruce. You ruined my. Uh, you just ruined I everything. Did because I love ruining it when you're wrong. <laughs> Snap. <laughs> That's why I couldn't. Wait, if you notice, I didn't go against Paragon. I didn't say one thing bad about Paragon. So let's see. Wow. EMs are modern. You know, when the judge, the first thing he says is how he loves Paragon, but still judges against you. That's not a good start. No, Hmm. it's not. Let's go with an EM. Okay, I knew that was going to be the next pick. Uh, Oh, 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 okay. Let's go with a Uh, (laughs) no. I knew you were going to pick. Bow and arrow. Got it. (laughs) Bow and arrow. Great, great. It's Williams, right? Williams, a- Williams, EM. It's got spinners. Who doesn't love spinners? Spinners and a collect hole. That's all you need with EMs, man. And this EM isn't isn't one of those horribly brutal one where you have no chance. No, it gives you a little bit of a chance. It gives you a little bit of a chance. Just got sweet spinners you can crush. And it's got that collect hole. And if you get that going, you can collect it just over and over. You know what EM, Bow and Karen's played the most of during the tournament? Bow and Arrow, because he knows Bow and Arrow is awesome. Officially endorsed by Bow and Karen's. Bow and Arrow. Great, great theme. Great art. Great play field. Great overall EM. If you want to see some great Bow and Arrow action, you can look at the finals of the, the uh, what was it, Pintastic? Go to Tim Ball stream. Yes, I'll still advertise. Tim Balls, twitch.tv. Tim Balls, and you can see the finals involving bow and arrow. See some of the most exciting bow and arrow action you'll ever see. I give you bow and arrow. I yield the floor. Okay, since I have to go and trump his EM with another better EM, I am picking the EM that he said earlier in the podcast that he had to go to because it was the best one he played at, and that is 300. 300, classic Gottlieb. They didn't, make a, they didn't even make you know a four-player. They even made a two-player version of this game with top score. It has the waterfalls on the side. It's the only bad thing about this game, but you have a kick-ass spinner with great shots, an off-center spinner, too, so it's a little harder. Two uh, gobble holes, we'll call them, to the kick-out holes. Really good game. Fun game. Artwork with an animated back box. You get to see your shots when you uh, get your spins up so much. You get an out of ball and you get that bonus ball at the end of the game. Great, great little gimmick. This is a good shooting Gottlieb because it's an EM, not a solid state. I give you 300. I yield the floor. What's an off-center spinner? What does that mean? It's actually not in this, like, you know, it's, it's a little crooked. If you look at the shot, it is a little to the left. Okay. Hence the problem. This spinner is so early on the right flipper, it's not even worth going for. It's like left flipper to the spinner only. It has the, the horrible waterfalls on the right that, like Bruce said, where it comes down and you just pray it takes the in lane, not the out lane. Then if it takes the out lane, you pray you can somehow jiggle the thing out and save it without tilting. Artwork, subpar. I yield the floor. Who wants Indians on your back glass? Not me. No. That was a bad period in the time of the United States. We don't want to go through that again, guys. Let's just forget this history and forget this game. And go with 300. I yield the floor. 
<laughs> That's pretty lame, Bruce. That's like one of my uh, artwork is offensive defenses, but okay. <laughs> I tried. Oh. Come on. So bow and arrow is, um, you know, it's in, it's it has two spinners, but actually the, the to me the spinners are not as as satisfying because it's not actually you know it, it, the, the to me the best part about a spinner is you know having the the score reels go crazy when that thousand reel goes crazy but uh 300 doesn't do it either so they actually both do the same thing with their spinners and that after a certain number of spins the bonus advances so it's not nearly as satisfying as as most other spinners uh you know bruce chose uh, you know chose poorly because he could have countered with space mission which does have a a thousand reel rip the spinner uh, but the so the bow and arrow is is interesting because it, it I did learn you know I originally thought that game was boring until I listened to Levy commentate uh, bow and arrow at fantastic. <laughs> um, Three hundred is is nice. I I actually think the waterfall feature is is kind of a neat feature, although n- not necessarily the best on three hundred. I think it's better on a game like Gottlieb's Atlantis. Uh, but it's still an interesting game and it's got some, you can actually play it a couple different ways. You don't necessarily have to go for the spinner. If this, if you can't hit the spinner very well, because it definitely is not in the right spot on the flipper, you might actually be better off hitting the lit advanced bonus instead of going for the spinner. But the thing that I, that, that kills it for uh, 300 for me is that it is too, um, luck box ish in terms of whether you're going to be able to collect your bonus. And also when you go up into the mystery, uh, bonus hole, you, Oh my, um, you can either get one ball or up to three balls. And that can be a big difference, especially in ball five with a double bonus bow and arrow has a, uh, a really nice, uh, feature for, you can, uh, you know, keep going after bonus and decide when you want to start doing, uh, going after bonus or you can continue building. And when you are building that bonus, the ball's always out of control and as long as you have a bow and arrow that is not an easily controllable feed from the collect bonus, it's a very fun game, which at TPF, the, bonus, the, the collect hole was difficult to control. So I am going with bow and arrow in a landslide. It wasn't even close. It would have been close with space mission, but no, not against 300. Bow and arrow kicks its butt. Woo-hoo! Truth be told, I actually like 300. I play that at um except after except after well TPF no that, yeah you... that the funny thing is the the other one I play which is at Howard's place one of the Orange County guys it plays exactly the same way like the mm-hmm. right flipper it's super early to hit the spinner it plays exactly the same and I still sucked at it uh, okay Bruce okay, take it home I'm going for it we're tied one one folks this is the tiebreaker the Walking Dead Shit. the newest I mean classic. Yeah. <laughs> the newest classic Stern. This is actually, I have to say, one of the best Sterns that's come out in a long time. And the rules by by Lyman made this game. The shots were okay. You know, the shots are fun. You know, it's appealing. But uh, the rules made this game. Lyman, it should not be a John Borg design game. This should be a Lyman rules game with John Borg's help. Because without Lyman, this rule sucked on this game. Now he made it so tournament players enjoy it. People who just walk up to it a first time enjoy it. It is so smooth and so enjoyable that it's just it's just great. 
you get the you get the the house in the middle where you kind of hit it all the time you get the you know the 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 well walker he's great drop targets on the left hand side if you have a premium or an le you get the crossbow you get the movable up and down ramp which i actually prefer to pro better because i like the ramp just being a little less steep great game great theme I don't think I can say anything more except for just winner. I yield the floor. Okay. For my game, I am picking. I mean, 19,000 plus sales cannot be wrong. I give you the Adams Family, one of the largest selling pinball games of all time. A classic in every sense of the word. Everyone knows Adam's Family. It's probably been used in Papa Finals more than any other game by far. Just an all-time classic. Pat Lawler design. You got the the bookcase, spell greed, lock ball, start multi-ball. You could do that, or you can go for mansion awards, hit a ramp, hit the chair, get your mansion awards. Just great playing game, great shots. And did I mention Thing? One of the greatest toys. The Thing hand comes up, gets your, grabs your ball, brings it back down. I mean, who doesn't love that? It's a great effect. And did I mention the, the Thing flips, where the flipper flips itself? And unlike a lot of these gimmicks, once it actually learns the shot, it hits it most of the time, which is pretty damn impressive. The artwork is, is good artwork. Just an all-time classic, great Larry DeMar rule set. You can't go wrong. You might have Lyman. I have Larry DeMar. I'll take Larry DeMar. I give you the Adams family. I yield the floor. I will definitely take Lyman over Larry DeMar easily because it's problem with the Adams family, and we all know it. It's hit the ramp, hit the scoop. Hit the ramp, hit the scoop. Every tournament player, that is their goal. It is nothing else than a hit the ramp, hit the scoop. And if I get, if I ball bounces around there, you know, once in a while, I'll get control of it and hit the scoop again or hit the ramp again. That's all I'm doing. There's no, it's a one dimensional game. As Josh will tell you, most, most games are one dimensional. Walking Dead, you got to do a lot more things to, you know, to get your, you know, keeps you in the game. The rules are outdated compared to Walking Dead. Walking Dead all the way. I yield the floor. So you're saying the deuce doesn't like it? Maybe. Maybe not. Okay. Well, Walking Dead, we have an annoying well walker thing. And it just blocks shots, just takes up space. Another bash toy just to be a bash toy. We have the prison, which it, it, the... The head works so infrequently that in tournaments, half the time they disable the doors, so you just hit the doors over and over since it's so non-functional. You have the the pro, which no one even wants to play because you don't have the action button, so you can't get your walker bombs, and the artwork just flat out sucks. I yield the floor. Oh boy, here we go. Wow, two uh, two very different games that have very in very different uh, appeals uh almost depending upon the the mood you're in um so there is no doubt that from a rules perspective and from a that you know the the, the satisfaction of you know 
you know, trying to strategize how to set up your score to then, you know, blow up your score that the Lyman Sheets Walking Dead is a masterpiece. And it, uh, you know, the, the, you can, you can, in any given mode on that, you can, most of them, you can, you can pretty much blow things up except for arena arena sucks. Um, but, uh, and there's different modes. You can play different times. It actually utilizes the, uh, you know, bank of drop targets on a modern machine. It makes them valuable and important in terms of how you hit them, especially with the premium or the LE, um, the one thing it suffers from is as, as what Bruce already identified is that, you know, from a, just a, a play field layout and design, it is your typical, you know, modern pin. It's not quite as bad as just a, a generic fan layout because it's got some neat, uh, you know, offset, uh, you know, ramps as far as where they go. I don't mind the fact that it doesn't have the flow that people like. Um, and the fact that Lyman keeps putting out even more and more updates on it. So comparing that to the Adams family. So Adams family, uh, you know, can be in some cases very linear, although you do get to, you can, you know, change up your, your next mode. Um, the, the, the thing that Bruce misses out on is that uh, actually the, the way to play in tournament for Adams family changes dramatically depending upon how the pin is set up. Whereas the walking dead, pretty much won't change. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're playing walking dead in tournament, you're going to probably start off. Maybe if you're trying to lay down a base score, you're going to play some barn. And then when you want to go for the blow up score, you're going to try to do the riot stack with, with well, I'm sorry, with bloodbath and well Walker. Um, Adam's family, on the other hand, there are other strategies to it. You can you can grind points and get some massive points from uh, hitting the side ramp over and over again, uh, getting the millions plus. That's a very satisfying shot. The other thing that, that uh, Adam's family has going for it, besides the thing slips, which is a unique feature, um, is that it requires a lot different, uh, you know, flipper skill sets and making choices with what you're going to do with the flippers. Uh, are you going to use that mini flipper to take a shot or are you going to hold it up to try to divert to your flipper to set up your lower flipper shot? Uh, are you going to risk the forehand to the chair or are you going to do a post-transfer skill to, to get it over? There's just, to me, the, the other aspect of Adam's family that I think is, 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 you know, spans beyond just tournament play is the appeal to your general, you know, pinball public and somebody that's new, they're going to be immediately attracted to the Adams family because the first time that that thing hand pops out and grabs the ball with a magnet, uh, they won't forget it. There's nothing really all that monumental of any of the toys on, on the walking dead. Uh, I also learned this past weekend that watching people in a, if you have a very active pop bumpers nest and rebuilt pops with good switches and good coils, the amount of points you can score from a 5X swamp is ridiculous. People were scoring like close to 20 million for a 5X swamp, uh, which suddenly you start, you know, change your strategy just based off that. So all that being said, as much as I actually would rather, I think I would rather own a Walking Dead, but I'm going to give this one to the Adams family. Woohoo! I win. 
You hey, you finally win one again. I win. You finally won one. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. It was hard. That was a hard. Yeah, that was, hard. That was yeah. That's a problem when typically you put good games in a tournament. So we actually have good games good to picks. choose from. It's not like yes. you know some godly system one I thing that you hate. I could pick Adam's Family because I despise the game. I Jeez. really do. <laughs> I would be so a next time. Conscience. Next time you play at Papa Bruce, if you're playing on an Adam's Family that you don't know very well, in particular if you're playing at Papa, because the Papa they usually install those two rubbers on the chair that make it death 75% of the time yep. is, you know, if you want to, instead you can play the, the safer, put up a decent score, grind out strategy by shooting the mini ramp, feeding yep. the upper flipper, shooting the side ramp million plus. Yep. And, uh, well, you, will, you will probably, yeah, I, I, we had a game local that it was like that way. They made it harder than hell. And I had to play it that way. Or every time I would hit the chair, it would never go in. And I just get so frustrated. I'd screw up. So I had to play it a different way. And it's okay. I know what you're saying. Grinding out is, is it's a lot of work in that game to grind out a lot of points. It is yep. almost like it is actually a chore. And that's yeah, not... but it's it's fun to I don't know I, I find that side right. But the thing that Ron forgot to use in the rebuttal is that he forgot to mention Super Jackpot, he, you know, the stupid voice actor on Walking Dead versus George, you know, the versus Gomez's, oh, you know, you know uh, Showtime. I mean, Adam Stanley takes it to school on the callouts. Oh yeah, it, nothing's been honestly besides that. Not Indiana Jones. Those are the two best callouts. Except, well, no, let's say oh, no. Lord of the Rings, no, Lord of the Rings, Jones, and, Lord of the Rings and, guy. And a, a you know, an atta- uh, sorry, an Adams family are the top three. Don't forget NBA. I do every day. <laughs> Come on, it's got the NBA Jam guy. It's got Tim Kudrow in it. That means it's got great callouts. I don't know. You might hate the game, but you you can't say his callouts aren't awesome. Wow, dead sound. Everyone hates NBA, but me and Todd McCulloch, we're the only two people in the world who like NBA. I'm convinced. I do not it. like it. Exactly. All right, another majority. one in the. I admit I don't like the spinning disc. You gotta turn that off. That's stupid. It really serves no purpose, in my opinion. That game. Speaking of spinning disc, did you guys have you guys played the new Pirates yet, Jersey Jacks? Yep, I played it. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, I like the inner loop shot. I have no idea what I'm doing, which probably won't change at any point. Uh, the spinning disc yeah. stuff is cool. I just I don't know how it will not wear at some point. Although they seem pretty True. sure that they've done stuff where, you know, we've ran this in tests for hours and days and it doesn't wear. Like, okay. I'm just thinking of every game I've ever seen with a spinning disc. From Chips. from Fireball to Whirlwind to No Good Gophers, every one of them chips. I've never seen one that was 100%, you know, damage-free. If they can do that, they'll be the first ones. And kudos to them if they can do that. Yeah, I got to play it for the first time at, at, at TPF, and I, I did, yeah, after watching a little bit of the stream that uh, Eric and, and Kiefer were doing, I did feel like I needed to get, like, a PhD in, in rules to try to even hope, you know, to understand it. But uh, I played with my wife, and um, it was, uh, I, I I had a lot more fun than I expected I was going to have. It was it was really fun fun to play. I was really surprised, and the spinning disc was, although it, I maybe it was on you know early code or something. I thought the spinning disc was actually active too often, um, for my particular taste. But it uh, you know the spinning disc drained me twice. I think on my three balls, but um, 
the thing I didn't like about the inner loop, unlike other inner loop shots, I, you couldn't, I felt like you couldn't see the inner loop. You couldn't see what you were shooting at. I got you. So yeah. it, was almost, it was almost like a guessing game to try to figure out where is that shot? Because if you can't see where you're shooting at, I don't know, it makes it, makes it more difficult. But anyway, I was actually really, I was pleasantly surprised because I was worried it was going to, you know, be, you know, like a, some kind of, um, wide, wide Hobbit, Hobbit experience, yes. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised. It's better than Hobbit. I'll tell you that. Like, lo- love that rocking little play field there, back and forth. <laughs> That'll be a, a mechanical nightmare to maintain, too. Oh, no. He, he, he said right in the seminar, that is a piece of cake. Easy to operate. That's what they said. The only, the only question I have is, the pricing they have on their games... Is it really for an operator, you know, or operator spending almost ten grand on new machines, or are they getting like you know five thousand dollars Stern games? Yeah, it takes somebody who's an operator who's just essentially passionate about the hobby and not looking at ROI. Yeah, basically, uh, yeah, basically like the bigger markets. Like I'm sure New York City will get one somewhere. You know, certain markets will get one. I'm sure, like in what in the Northwest, where they have like three zillion different pinball machines, they'll get one somewhere. Uh, I will not be getting one anywhere in my area. I'm sure. I don't think Rock Fantasy is going to be getting a Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm. I know what game he will be getting. He will be getting Titanium Man. Titanium mm. Man. There is oh, no <laughs> doubt about it. He might get an LE for that. That's cool. Yeah. So, let me see. What else do I have here? I figure we'll go your to, list of lists. Yeah, well, actually, I figure we just do the mail and then wrap it up because we've kept poor Colin here so long with all I our know, technical I've difficulties. We had we. Uh, it'll sound great to you listeners, but it's been hell on our side. <laughs> <laughs> First, we we had Colin on his new headset and he sounded great, but his internet seemed to have issues, so he kept dropping. So we went to the phone. Then Bruce he went out because his laptop decided to do what 20 minutes of windows updates oh god did it then then he got back on and then his internet sucked so he had to boot everyone off at the bar of the internet so he could use it hell yeah so this is a pretty pretty small mailbag here i'm sorry sorry the slam ball bag i have to say right (laughs) we patented that man um uh jim burrell was actually he, he sent me his phone number this is from at the show like uh, waiting, you know, waiting for your challenge. You know, thanks for reading my Space Invaders email. I was right, writing to Texas Pinball Festival. I was riding to Texas Pinball Festival with Space Invaders in the van behind me when I heard it. You guys are the best, Jim. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Jim. And we have the immortal, the immortal crotch chop man himself, Robert Byers. Yes. See, you read all my binge listening emails over the past several weeks, and I win TPF and get fourth in the classics. Yep, that's the reason that happened. It's because we read your your emails. That is the reason. Sorry I didn't get a chance to say hi, Ron. I was looking for you, but I was in classics and main finals most of the day on Saturday. Thanks, Robert Byers, player 164. Maybe we need to get Robert on. Yeah, we got to get Robert on. The thing is, I, I saw him when he when he was in the middle of the Paragon game and having his finals experience. That was actually right around twelve when I was heading out, and I'm there. Do I want to say anything, or do I? I don't want to jinx him. Have some yeah. kind of bad mojo come off there, like you know, I'll look for him tomorrow. And then he had, he had actually left, unfortunately. Then we have uh, Jim Burrell again. This is uh, 
TPF, Bruce was there in spirit. Yes. <laughs> Ron, having enjoyed Slam Till Podcast Episode 81 of my Ride to Texas Pinball Festival, I was hoping to say hi to you there. And indeed, you and Episode 81 guest Steve Bowden sat in the row of seats ahead of me at the stern of the Union Seminar. Yes, we did. Bruce, as I watched the video presentation with Steve and Ron in seats in front of me, it was as if you were there too, and the seat to Ron's right. That's true. It was empty. Let's see. I give this spell to invoke the spirit of Bruce. To prepare to receive Bruce, watch 30 episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Let's see. Listen to 81 episodes of the Slam Till Podcast with your host Ron Hallett and Bruce Nightingale. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> View the Stern of the Union video, including Lonnie Rop commenting on pinball software. I swear after Lonnie's comment, I heard Bruce say, oh, God. You know what? <laughs> I had the exact one. There was a section of it where they have Lonnie on there, and he's talking, and I'm there like, oh, man, if Bruce was here. I'd be laughing. Yeah, you'd, you'd, be, you'd be laughing at least. <laughs> by, by the way, with driving to and from Texas Pinball Festival four days, including setup, I caught up completely on Slam Tilt episodes, and Sunday placed a rerun of Coast to Coast Pinball from 2016, or played, sorry. But now I see that episode 82 was uploaded before TPF. How did I miss it? Podcast Garden, that's how you missed it. They suck. Never mind, I'll enjoy it this week. Jim Burrell, and thanks for asking. You did pronounce it correctly, like squirrel. Jim Burke. Cool. So thank you, Jim. That, that's pretty much it. I have two here from uh, Head to Head Pinball, which I'm assuming is Ryan C. They just say, like, split dick flip. Yeah, what was that about? I heard about that a little uh, maybe bit. Maybe he's just reminding <laughs> us. Uh, who did I play? I, I think it was either him or John, Dr. John. We we, we played a game of, um, I'm trying to remember what game it was. No Fear or something? Or was no, it, or... it wasn't No Fear. But yeah, we played uh, we played split flipper, but we we played split dick flipper or whatever you want to call it. What what did you call it, Colin? You had a much more um, PC p- PC name for it. Split. Crotch. Yeah, we we did this once a late night uh, after you know after a few drinks played it. We called it peenball. Peenball. <laughs> so we played some peenball. Uh, me on one side. I mean, and um, I can't remember if it was Ryan on the other side or, but it, it was fun. It was fun. It was easier than you think. Wow. Yeah. I and got, I heard you lost badly at No Fear. Uh, we got our ass kicked by Chris Franchi. <laughs> he was a cool guy. You know, he, he reminded me a lot of Scott. That's cool. He even looks like Scott. So, uh, yeah, he, he was he was very entertaining, I have to say. Uh, then we have Penn Stadium. Just an email from Head to Head Pinball with a subject line that says Pin Stadium. No attachments. So, uh, Pin Stadium. Yeah. That's all it says. So, it was fun hanging out with uh, Dr. John and Ryan C. You guys rule. Uh, I think I got Ryan C. Uh, we played some Alien Star. Yeah, I heard and I, that. And I explained the rules to him, and he liked it. Now, was there a uh, Sea Witch there? Uh, yes. And did you show him that it works better? It was not working when we were when we were walking uh, around the floor. It was working later after he was gone. Ah, uh, so no. But we played Alien Star. I explained the rules to him, and he's a big rules guy. And once once he got that down and and trying to do the thing, he the was thing. He, he, he got addicted. He he asked me later. It's like you know how much do Alien Stars usually go for? Like ah, I got you. I got you. are going to get an alien yeah. star, aren't you? Yeah, too bad trying to find one in Australia. Good luck with that. It's hard to find one <laughs> yeah. here. 
they had a beautiful one there. It had um, oh, you want to cover your ears, Bruce? It had common LEDs in it. Uh, but it looked good. I mean, even Ron, even passed the Ron test. He said, uh, you know, these are LEDs, but they look really good. And Ryan C said, of course, they're common LEDs. So there you go. Uh, oh, God, Bruce, just get over it. Come on. They they're not all bad. Oh. I had two pop out on my uh, Spider-Man. And guess what brand those are? What what brand? Comet. Yeah, you didn't put them in properly. They're 47s. Okay, okay. <laughs> wait a minute, 40, wait a minute, bayonet sockets, how the hell did they fall out? I couldn't tell you, but I had just <laughs> two days ago, Sunday, somebody comes up to me and goes, uh, there's a problem with Spider-Man. I'm like, what's going on? Oh, the bulb fell out. <clears throat> I look at it, it's a bayonet. I'm like, really? So another hour, another person comes over, hey, we got a problem with Spider-Man. I'm like, I go, I was just in that thing. Another bayonet fell out. I'm like, really? Hmm. Uh, I don't know what to say, Bruce. I'm speechless. Yeah, they're junk. I'm not speechless to say thanks to Colin for uh, you, Colin. putting up with us in our technical difficulties. <laughs> we suck. No, my pleasure. No, um, it was fun to. Fun. I always like talking pinball, so and make cracking jokes and you know making fun of people. We all do. <laughs> Love that. God. We, we didn't go through our usual introductory period because you've been on so many podcasts. We figure you've said famous. this story over and over again, and probably everyone knows your story by now. So we figure we just hang out and talk some pinball, talk some Texas Pinball Festival. And uh, I assume you will still be running the tournament next year? That's the plan, yeah. Any any juicy tidbits or, or still still getting feedback from this year? Uh, yeah, I'm still going to be back. It, it's, uh, the, the biggest thing that I'm concerned about is how to make the classics better, but I don't know how to, I mean, to put it in perspective, Papa uses, I think somewhere upwards of like 16 classic pins per classic tournaments. And that's for 160 people playing. We had 130 people playing and only had six. Um, I don't have, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to get the space to put, uh, anywhere near what I probably need to make those cues, uh, shorter, but I, I think it's great. I love having a classic side tournament. I wish I could have played in it, but, uh, I, I understand everybody's frustration as far as having long lines and, yeah, uh, I don't have a good solution for it yet. Yeah. I mean, there's not, there's no room. Not much. I mean, no. unless they do the deal where like the games are outside the hall or something like Expo does, but. Yeah, and I don't want to do that. I like. I think that's a really cool feature of TPF, and that the the tournament area is right there when you walk in the door, and so it's featured. I loved having the big screen there. We had, you know, a few dozen people watching competitive pinball on a big screen past midnight, and that was fantastic. Yep, they had a big screen. They had the stream. Uh, you knew it was the stream when Steve Bowden was there on commentary. So they called him over as because they because he's he's the man. He's the ambassador of pinball. Especially when it comes to uh, the commentary. Um, Makes it exciting. Yep. And they had, what else was I going to say here? They did a thing where, like, like the show doesn't start till late. Like, the tournament starts before the show, but they do this thing, like, when you get your badge, there's, like, the tournament badge, and then there's the show badge. So you can't get in unless you have the tournament badge. I always thought that was cool. I feel like a VIP or something. But you're going to make me a VIP next year, right? You're you're going to give yeah, me yeah. We get press passes. You're going to give me the red the red band. <laughs> yeah, next year will be koala koala bottle opener, right? Koala and bottles. Next year will be green, right, Ron? The the VIP pass. Yeah, will it'll be green. Be green. <laughs> it'll be the opposite. <laughs> I think my father or someone said, like, just get a marker and color it. 
don't don't do that. Don't do that. I'll just yeah. say that. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody tried doing that. Somebody tried doing that and got in big trouble. Okay. Bye. I actually saved my band from Texas. I saved my band from any show that actually has the name of the show on the band because I figured it's cool as like a memento, so I'll usually save it. Yeah, so th- anything uh, you'd like to plug, Colin? Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, uh, you know, Texas Pinball Festival. Yeah, anybody who's, uh, who obviously I think most people in the pinball world know about it now, but if you haven't been to it, uh, you need to come check it out. Um, you know, if you're looking for more uh, competitive pinball in, in Texas, uh, you know, come to the Bat City Open in Austin. Downtown Austin is a great place to visit. Or uh, you can check out the, the Houston Expo. A lot of good stuff here in Texas. It's far apart. You know, we have a big, huge state, so we don't have quite as many uh, the, the concentration of of uh, pinball collectors and uh, uh, players like the like the East does, where you you know a lot of major cities that are a lot closer driving distance. But uh, yeah, Texas is a great place for pinball. A lot of a lot of good stuff happening. Everything's bigger in Texas, and also deeper. And deeper. Deeper. <laughs> That's where deeper it is, man. I want to go deeper. Let's go deeper. I want to go deeper. Okay. You know, it's not Target in Texas. It's Super Target. Yes, it is. Target. Yes. I'm not kidding. Right we're, we're walking. There's a Target. I mean, it's a Target store, but it's a Super Target. Yeah, it must be like a Texas thing. It, no, but it's happening in New Jersey also. Oh, Bruce, you just ruined my whole. Life. I love ruining your bitch you that you suck. think you know. You're terrible. <laughs> we are the Slam Tilt Podcast. This has been episode 83 Godzilla versus Monster Zero. Give a shout out to all our podcast brethren. Let's see. What are they? The Pinball Podcast. This flippin' podcast. Uh, Bro, do you even talk pinball? Um, Pinball Profile, the Pinball Players Podcast, the Eclectic Gamers Podcast, the Canadian Pinball Podcast. Did I get them all? Head to head. Head to head. Jeez, how could I forget them? I hung out with them all show. Ryan C. Head to Head Podcast. Don't forget www.thesilverballsaloon.com, where I'm at right now, broadcasting from. Check us out. We have 23 pinball machines, uh, plus a 1962 ball bowler. And shitty internet. And the great internet I can block on you. (laughs) (laughs) And don't forget your pinball lifter. Yes, pinballlifter.com. Check us out. I'm hoping to be at uh, Allentown this year. We don't know yet. Still trying to figure out all the facts and if I have even free time. But if not, you can order from us online at www.pinballlifter.com. Use your brain, not your back. And also our other friends of the show, we have... Pinball star, Joe Newhart. Contact him for all your spooky Chicago gaming, Jersey Jack, American pinball needs. We also have Mike Pupo of Flipper Fidelity. Best sound systems for your pinball machine. He is also a Stern distributor. Give him a look-see. We are the Slam Tilt Podcast. We can be contacted at our email address, which is slamtillpodcast at gmail.com. That's slamtillpodcast at gmail.com. Like you said, hi, Zach. Fun with bonus. Hi, Steve. Oh, I almost forgot. Uh, This Saturday, the 24th, is the Stern slash Papa Pro Circuit Finals. It will be in Chicago. I believe our... Very own, well, formerly very own Tim Balls will be participating, I think. It will be streamed 
on Papa TV's YouTube channel. So you'll have to just search for Papa TV on YouTube. Anything else? Did we miss? I'm sure I'm missing something. Search for us out on the internet. We have our Twitch channel. We are on YouTube. We are on Facebook. All under the Slam Tilt Podcast moniker. Are you going to be broadcasting soon from your house again? I'm now? going to be broadcasting. I'm going to be broadcasting soon. I will be broadcasting the Cheetah sometime in the near future. Ooh, mm. ah, see the fruits cheetah. of my labor. See the greatest wide body ever made. Mm-hmm. There, I said it. I said it. Damn, Skippy. Ever play a Cheetah, Colin? I have. It's a it's a great game. I don't think it's the greatest wide body ever made. Sorry. Uh, Ooh, Paragon, you thinking? No, he's probably thinking like Demo Man. Paragon. <laughs> okay, what is the greatest wide body ever made then? Yeah, for me, I'd, I'd have to go Paragon. See? Okay. I know Colin. All right. All right. I, I can't. I can't yeah, I have no arguments here. We will not nope, argue with the guest. The guest is always right. Nope. And plus, I have one at the bar. So what does that tell you? So we are the Slam Till Podcast. Thank you, everyone. See you next week. Say goodbye, Bruce. Goodbye, Jeffrey Becker. Ah.